Welcome to the Adopting Joy podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Joy Ryan. It's my passionate mission to share inspirational insights, actionable tips, tools, and techniques that you can apply immediately so you can create your best life. Sample topics include dealing with difficult people, how to get motivated and stay motivated, and transforming your struggles into success. If you're looking to create a more free and fulfilling life filled with greater happiness, health, and healing, you've come to the right place. My goal is to help you love your life. It's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Dealing with difficult people. I titled this podcast episode, Dealing with Difficult People 101, (laughs) because I just wanted to give you uh, some quick tips Um, All of us have to deal with difficult people from time to time, sometimes more than others. You know, sometimes it seems like we go through seasons where, um, you know, maybe we're having to deal with a, a difficult boss or maybe a significant other or a spouse, you know, is going through a really difficult time. Um, or a change, you know, a, a difficult change. Um, maybe it's a child. And um, so sometimes people are not always difficult, but sometimes change or stress um, can make somebody difficult, sometimes just temporarily. And uh, from time to time, we can be difficult too. So um, that's why I called this Dealing with Difficult People 101. And I just wanted to start by giving you some quick tips. And I also want to start with a quote, because if you've listened to my other episodes, you know by now that I love quotes. So this is by Jack Welch. He said, an overburdened, overstretched executive is the best executive because he or she doesn't have the time to meddle, to deal in trivia, to bother people. Now, we all know dealing with difficult people can make your life and your job miserable. Beyond a point, you can't control difficult people. Um, You know, you've probably heard this before. You can only control how you react to them. And it's something that we all know, but I think there are certain principles that we need to hear over and over. You know, sometimes we just need to hear it again, or we need to hear it from a different person, or, you know, sometimes we'll hear something and it just doesn't really apply to us at the time, but but then down the road we need it. So, you know, when all is said and done, you know that you can only control how you react. If these difficult people consistently anger or intimidate you or simply rattle your cage, they ultimately control you. So I like to say the person who constantly angers you, frustrates, or intimidates you controls you. 
So find ways to just start by being aware um, that this person is really bothering you so that you can move on and not think about them and not have them control you. And most likely, they're oblivious anyway, <laughs> or they've moved on to the, the next difficult person. So, um, you know, like I said, sometimes we can be the difficult person as well. Um, but what about, you know, when you've got to deal with somebody who's this way a lot? So in dealing with difficult people, I want to start by giving you three tips to remember. Number one, first learn and understand their behavior patterns. When are these people most difficult? What types of behavior makes them difficult people? Are they difficult only with you or with others as well? Now, most likely they're difficult with others as well, which does make it easier because then you know it's not just about you. Number two, don't argue with overly aggressive or excessively difficult people. These individuals often have a desire for dissension and thrive on chaos. By arguing and wanting to win, it only adds fuel to the fire. So you know there are some people who it's it's almost like they're picking a fight. Um, you know, they they want you to fan the flames. So, uh, you know, really the, the way to win with these people is to just not even play in the first place. Number three, don't take their behavior personally. Often they're impossible to be around because of something going on with them. You know, you can become enslaved to these difficult people if you're not careful. Because after a while, your efforts at working to win their approval are exhausting. You lose because they control you. So, you know, if you, if you feel like you're starting to become enslaved to these people in trying to win um, their approval, that's probably what's happening. And, and after a while, it becomes exhausting. And most likely you're not going to win you're not going to win their approval anyway i want to talk a little bit about the complainers um, the whiner negativists research shows these difficult people often have an excess often have an excessive need to be liked and they want sympathy and empathy by complaining and being negative they think they'll gain attention they do, but not in a positive way. It pays to be tactfully direct, I think, with the negativist. For example, um, saying to them, you know, let's, let's, say, let's say this is somebody that you work with. So if you say something like, I understand this is something you want to talk about. And at the same time, I want to make sure I get back to doing my work. So that's something that would work well with a coworker. If this is somebody who's constantly complaining and, you know, you've listened, you've offered solutions in the past, and it's just not working, 
And and as you know, sometimes these people, they they really don't want um, solutions. And so if you're buying into everything they're saying, they're going to keep coming to you and complaining. Same with your personal life. So dealing with people this way where you've pretty much been tactfully direct, when you deal with difficult people like this, this way, usually it will cause them to move on to someone else because they want a captive audience who they think will listen to their excessive whining. Another key phrase is to say something like, uh, Pat, I want to bring something to your attention and you may not even be aware of it. But when you come into work first thing in the morning, complaining to the other staff about our new policy on paperwork, it's beginning to look like a lot of negativity. I just wanted to mention it because you may not even be aware of how you're coming across. Now, if you think they're already aware of it, explain it to them anyway. Dealing with difficult people requires tact diplomacy. So a lot of times you have to kind of be prepared and, and start thinking about what you want to say to these people. And really, it's a lot of trial and error. You know, it's really a lot of coming up with kind of a mental checklist of definitely what doesn't work and then also what you think is going to work. The know-it-all. Okay, I bring up this person because uh, this seems to be the kind of person that a lot of people have challenges with. Listen and know what drives them. Well, we already know one thing that drives them is they have to act like they know everything. When dealing with difficult people like this, ask yourself if they seem to have an excessive need for control. Or do they seem insecure but want to appear to have all the facts on just about everything? So that's what's really interesting is that research shows sometimes the know-it-all really does think they know it all, but other times they're just very insecure and it's like they're overcompensating. Maybe these difficult people are threatened by you. So first, let them vent within reason, often once they've let out all their hot air, as I like to call it, then they'll be more likely to listen to you. But a lot of times with these people, you really have to listen because um, if you start talking too soon, you won't get a word in edgewise. Now, if you've already tried this, and it's not working, and they start talking over you again, it may be necessary to say something like, you know, so-and-so, whatever their name is, I really have listened to everything you have to say about, and I'll let you fill in the blank, and if you'd give me just a moment, I can help you as far as. So be direct, yet polite, and tactful. By the way, what I just recommended can work very well if you're in 
customer service because, you know, obviously when you're working in customer service, you're often dealing with difficult people. And sometimes the only thing that will calm them down is um, when you use their name and in a low, controlled, objective voice, uh, you paraphrase just a little bit of what they've said, and then you say, um, you know, if you can just give me a moment, you know, I can help you with... Because, you know, and then you fill in the blank. Because they're always they're always tuned into what's in it for me. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like they're thinking, okay, if I listen to you, what am I going to get out of it? The exploder. When dealing with difficult people such as this, proceed with caution. Wait until they're finished erupting like Mount Vesuvius and have cooled their jets. You may be better off not saying much at all. Approach them again when they're in a good mood. And if you're thinking, well, Colleen, what if they're never in a good mood? Um, Approach them to state your case when they're typically, I'd say when they're in a better mood. Um, I had a, when I was in advertising sales, I had a really difficult um, publisher that I had to deal with. And we we all felt the same about this person. I mean, this person had a reputation in the industry. And I would notice on Friday afternoons, that would be the best time to approach her. And she was definitely an exploder. Uh, Management through fear and intimidation, um, dropping F-bombs, all of that. Okay, here's another one. The sniper. When dealing with difficult people who, I call these people the snipers because they stealthily throw little jabs your way. Okay, these people are tricky contenders because usually it's like a little a little jab, you know, where in your mind you're thinking, did I just have an arrow thrown at me or is it my imagination? After they toss innuendos in a sometimes sarcastic tone, because they often do, and you show that you're hurt, because sometimes you'd rather, you know, just be honest and, you know, let them know privately that you feel hurt. Then what these people will often do is accuse you of having no sense of humor. Oh, you just have no sense of humor, they'll say. But usually you kind of know with your gut what they were doing. In this case, consider in the future ignoring them altogether. You know, just ignore them and just keep doing what you're doing. In the future, they'll be less likely to throw in the little digs because they won't get the reaction they're looking for from you. Think of it, think of it like a vending machine, okay? Uh, I love nachos, Doritos. So every now and then, in, if I'm in a workplace, you know, maybe I'm there to conduct a keynote presentation or I'm doing management skills training or whatever, or, or speaking on dealing with difficult people, sometimes I'll just have a snack attack in the afternoon. So I'll go to the vending machine to get nachos, Doritos. Well, let's say hypothetically that I worked at a place where at that vending machine, I would press B6, 
and put in the money. And I know that if I press those two buttons, B and six, and I put in the money, I know that out comes the nachos, Doritos. Well, after a while, if I keep going to that vending machine and I'm pressing those same two buttons and I'm not getting the reaction I'm looking for, in other words, I'm not getting the nachos, Doritos, after a while, I'm not going to put the money in and press the buttons because I'm not getting what I want. So with some of these people, it's the same way. You know, that they're going to stop pressing your buttons if they're not getting the reaction that they're looking for or if you're responding to something calmly. The gossips. These difficult people are often either bored, they don't have enough to occupy their time, or they simply like to make others look bad. And why are they gossiping? Believe it or not, they're thinking that by making other people look bad, they look good. They don't realize that when they're gossiping about everyone else, that people are silently wondering, I wonder what he or she says about me when I'm not around. You know, sometimes gossips, literally gossip as a distraction and to procrastinate important tasks. So, you know, sometimes they're just looking for a distraction. Often what they're gossiping about doesn't even affect them. So especially if this is in the workplace, the next time this happens, listen intently and then politely say, I used to do this when I was a manager because I did have an employee. Um, this person finally stopped, but they they gossiped a lot about other people and it had nothing to do with them. So finally, one time I listened intently and then I politely said to them, and how does this affect you? Uh, they'll, <laughs> they'll get the point. Um, this person gave me a look that was a deer in the headlights. And then as their manager, I said, do, do you see what I'm getting at? That you're coming in here and you're talking to me about things that don't apply to you and, and your job. And uh, I told this person that I thought it was a distraction because it really was just a distraction to keep from doing their work. Um, now, as you'll notice, when I acted that out, I was careful with my tone of voice. So not to sound like your mother, but be careful with all these people. Be careful with your tone of voice. You don't want to sound sarcastic. Besides, the Latin root of sarcasm is sarco, which means tearing of the flesh. I want to give you 16 reasons, according to research, why difficult people are often difficult. So these may be contributing factors. Number one, power. You all know people like this. Sometimes they're just difficult because they love being in a position of power. They have to have power. Number two, control. Number three, 
different communication style. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of we communicate completely differently. And, and so, you know, misunderstandings can come about. Number four, victim. This is a person who is living in the past and it's like they've got a chip on their shoulder and, and it may not even have anything to do with you. Number five, unaware. Some people truly are unaware that they are difficult. Number six, unable to handle conflict. Some people have a very hard time with just privately being honest and, and being direct about what's going on with them. Um, and so they act it out in these other ways, which brings me to number seven, fear. Oftentimes, anger, well, usually anger is a secondary emotion. And sometimes the underlying cause of anger is fear. So sometimes people are difficult just because deep down they're feeling fear. Number eight, insecurity. Some people, what's causing them to be the way they are is a lack of self-esteem. Number nine, sometimes this is because they're angry with themselves. So angry with the self. Number 10, perfectionist. Some people are very, very difficult outwardly. If you think they're tough on you, imagine how they are on themselves. Sometimes people are much harder on themselves. You can see where with some of these people, they would be all of these rolled into one. 11, change. People can get very fearful when they're going through change. They can feel a lot of stress. And so change can cause people to be difficult. And by the way, number 12, stress. Number 13, emotional immaturity. You can probably think of somebody who you know, and when all is said and done, the reason they're difficult, they're just a child. <laughs> they're basically uh, a 10-year-old in an adult's body. Number 14, walking wounded. The walking wounded. This is somebody who has been hurt in the past, not necessarily by you, most likely not by you, but because of past hurt, maybe they didn't work through it all the way. You know, they've got unresolved issues. And so somehow they're taking it out on you or they're taking it out on you and everybody else. Um, I noticed this and I have personally experienced this with... Um, full disclosure, uh, with, you know, I've dated a couple of people where they're just still so angry. You know, I can think of, I can think of this one guy, just, he was so angry. He just never could get over his ex, you know? And I think I finally got to the point where a couple of times I would say, 
I'm not your ex-wife. So there are some people where (laughs) you're probably laughing and saying, yes, I've been through this. So, you know, sometimes for some people, they just have a lot of anger and it has nothing to do with you and they just have not worked through it. And it may be that it's being taken out on you. Number 15, somebody enables the behavior. Some people are difficult because they're allowed to get away with it. Number 16, guilt. Sometimes people carry a lot of guilt and it manifests themselves. It manifests itself in other ways. I said I was going to give you 16. I'm going to add one to this list. I do a lot of speaking and coaching for people in the healthcare industry. And, you know, often I'll hear about, um, you know, patients, people that they have to deal with who are difficult just because they're in a lot of physical pain. So you can certainly understand that when someone's in a lot of pain, you know, that can make you cranky. That can make you difficult. That can lead to depression. I want to give you seven quick steps for dealing with the problem not the person. Number two, attack the behavior, not the person. You know what it's like when somebody has personally attacked you, so don't do it to others. And we've all made this mistake. (laughs) We're, We're all human. Three, pay special attention to your tone and body language if this is a face-to-face interaction. They'll pick up on your body language more than anything that you might say. And your body language will also reveal what you're not saying. You know how much you can pick up from somebody in terms of how they really feel when you meet face-to-face. As a matter of fact, there's a saying, if you really want an honest answer to your question, ask it in person, and then observe their body language. Which brings me to number four, acknowledge what they're, acknowledge what they're saying. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree, but you know, sometimes just if, if you really can see where someone's coming from, acknowledge that. Number five, take a timeout. You've heard the saying, agree to disagree. Oftentimes, you're better off to just leave it and um, agree that the two of you are going to talk about it at another time. Number six, count to 10. Count to 10, maybe even bite your tongue so you're not going to say something that you would regret. Number seven, criticize in private. Um, I like the saying, when dealing with difficult people, I like the saying, news, weather, and sports. If you're forced to interact with certain difficult people, you know, especially if it's at work and you don't have the luxury of walking away, uh, maybe it's in-laws, maybe it's a family member. I know a lot of times as it gets closer to the holidays, there's times when people dread, you know, <laughs> having to have those duty dinners, as I call them, or whatever, because sometimes they have to deal with someone 
difficult. Uh, so I like to say, keep it neutral. Keep it. Keep the conversation to news, weather, and sports. I'd like to leave you with two quotes. The first one is by Mark Twain. He liked to like people. Therefore, people liked him. You can tell when, for the most part, people like other people. You know, they're just nice. They're just easy to be around. And here's another one that's sometimes hard to put into practice, um, but there's a lot of truth to this by Dave Willis. He says, show respect even to people who don't deserve it, not as a reflection of their character, but as a reflection of yours. And I know you can do this. I know you can do it. It's hard, but just remember to have healthy boundaries and at least be decent, even to people who don't deserve it. I know you can do it. And it's one of the secrets to adopting joy. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Adopting Joy podcast. Share it with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at adoptingjoy underscore. That's adoptingjoy and the underscore symbol on Twitter at adoptingjoy. And I'm also on Facebook at Colleen Joy Ryan. Colleen Joy Ryan. Thank you.